0: Hey, what's up, family? It's Coach Josh. Welcome to the live Q and A of yours. Truly, hope you all are doing well in this self care sad. Hope you guys are taking care of yourself. Hope you guys are resting uh, so that you can be the best that you can be, uh, fueled for next week. Um, but for those joining me for the very first time, my name is Joshua. as also known as Coach Josh, and my goal is to help you make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimus. And after watching, feel like man, I like that guy's vibe. Go ahead and subscribe because I would love to be a coach here line. But for those who's been rocking with me, whether you've been a subscriber for 14 years, maybe 15 years now, 15 years or 15 minutes or 15 seconds ago, I want to say thank you so much for trusting what God has entrusted to me. And I pray it continues to be treasured. But as everyone is coming in live, and, yeah, and you might be a person asking right now, how do I get to join you live, man? Make sure you hit that post notifications bell. Subscribe first, then hit the bell so that you'll know Uh, When is is my time to come online? So you better get your question. But as everyone is coming in, getting their questions ready, let me let you guys know about some things I got going on, like my latest book, Facts Over Feelings. If you're struggling in your feelings and you want to get beyond it and find the facts behind it, here's a great book for you. If you're looking for a book, a journal to help you hold things better and position you to be um, whole enough to hold the important things in life, this book, The Holiness Journal, Will be a great resource for you. Also, a card game that is a fun card game, interactive exercise, fun questions. Great card game there. That goes with the book as well. Also, if you're looking for a book to help you better understand the purpose of singleness, this book right here would be a great resource for you to help you maximize your singleness as well. And speaking on singleness, I have launched a singles community for singles only. If you're a person out there, you're like, hey, man, I'm ready to take my singleness to the next level, I'm ready to maximize it. You can jump into our boot camp right now, jump into our community. We're going to have uh, three or four boot camps a year. We got a, a book club, all that stuff, and plans start now at $14.99. You get access to a community, boot camps, exclusive lives, accountability, coaching, book clubs, and more. So join today, get in that community, man. We're thriving. A lot of great people. Some might be in the chat now and they'll let you know how it is, but come and check it out. I think it'd be a great resource for you to help you maximize your single season. Also check out some other books that I have, like uh, a few dating prep resources. If you want to make sure that you and the person that you're dating are on the same page or you're single and you want to make sure that you're ready to mingle and intermingle with the one that God has for you is a great resource there. If you're looking for a book to better understand what's in front of you, Whether you're entertaining the devil's pest or God's best, this book would be a great resource for you. If you're struggling with soul ties or strongholds and you want to understand the purpose of freedom and how to be set free, um, This book, The Purpose of Freedom, be a great resource for you. Also, if you're struggling with spiritual warfare or you want to better understand the whole armor of God, this book, World War Me, will be a great tool for you. And if you have young people, here's our cartoon, my wife and I's cartoon characters. Great book to help students better understand who they are and their art form. So let's get right into it. Let's see what we got in the chat. Legit says, boom, what's going on, family? Hey, Sean, my brother, I think we talking today. Good to see you, man. Sophia James says, hey, uh, Josh, hope you're well. And so is your wife. All is well. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Lydia says, hi. So get your questions in, everybody. Go ahead and type your question to make sure um, that my thing is refreshed. If not, I guess we got some questions coming in. But just wanting, oh, here we go. Kier Franklin says, hello. I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to get y'all's questions in. Yeah. Make sure y'all check out that singles community. I'll go ahead and post some links in the comments right now for those who want to jump in to that singles community. And uh, it's a great tool, man, great resource. Lenny says, hey, coach, what's going on, family? Young and New says, should I ignore my cravings to go to bed with a woman as a single man? I've been single for a long time and I have cravings. It uh, feels unnatural to ignore my nature as a man. Well, you have to have a new nature. The Bible says, Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The Bible says, Any man who's in Christ is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are becoming new. You have to be, you got to watch what you feed because whatever you feed will lead. And if you let the wrong thing lead, you will bleed. You have all types of cravings, right? And so, yes, it is natural for a man to want to have sex with a woman. That is not unnatural. But what's unnatural is outside of his natural place. See, sex is only safe in a marriage where both the husband and wife, are both submitted to God. No other place is sex safe because even if you married, if the man is not submitted, he may be the one to quit it and then go outside of his home to hit it, hit something else, right? And then if a woman is not submitted to God, then she will find herself lonely and you find herself caught up in culture and desire attention. So sex is only safe in a marriage where both the husband and the wife are completely submitted to God because in that submission is the is the uh el, 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 not emission, but is the uh, uh elimination of those cravings. I don't desire sex from another woman, not because of whatever, whatever, it's because I am submitted to God, I am settled in God. So, as a single man, you gotta be you gotta put that crave in the grave. Because Christ raised from the grave, now he, from that uh, ascension and, and, and resurrection, now that craving can be back in the grave. And now you can start craving things that's natural for you now, like craving... Make yourself Making sure that you're in position um, to be a leader. So you got to understand, a woman wants a man who's fed by God. Because if that man is not fed by God, that man cannot be led by God. And if that man cannot be led by God, then it will be the open door by which the, whole, the demons can come in and make that marriage dead and make whatever the life in it dead, right? And so what you have to do, you have to look at that sin for what it really is and begin to look at how is this sin going to keep me from winning? How is this sinning going to keep me from winning? Number two, you got to ask, you got to really assess and audit yourself and to begin to assess where have you backslidden? Where have you gone off the path? Where have you lost focus and God? Where have you or uh, where are you uh, in uh, lackadaisically in your in your disciplines? Right. And so how do you ignore it? First off, you got to make sure that you develop an interactive, intimate relationship with God. That's number one. You and God got to get back right. You got to get back right with God. And what I mean, getting back right in his principles and having your perspectives change, transform so that you can then repent, repent from that sin. I told my students the other day, the only way that you can really repent, truly repent from a sin is when you see how that sin is going to keep you from winning. Not necessarily that, but how it separates or disconnects or gets in the way of your sanctification and your development with the Holy Spirit in regards to growing in the things of God, right? And so now you got to get out of your mind this idea that I've been single for a long time. The the, the length of time of one's place in a season is based upon their decisions, right? So I posted on Facebook today, Twitter, I think Instagram. I I talked about how pain or seasons were only meant to be temporary. Temporary. We're the ones that make them permanent. So you have to ask yourself as a single man, and everyone who's single right now got to ask themselves, am I making this season longer than I need to? The reason why many people are in seasons longer than they need to, because they don't understand the true reason for the season. So you got to say, okay, I need this season so I can be seasoned. Because season, we are salt we are light. And as a man, you got to be prepared to preserve. You got to be prepared to serve because if not, you're not ready to deserve that next level of of relationship status. So you got to say, okay, man, the only way you can ignore something is to have your vision on something else. If you want to ignore this, you got to find what it is that you need that, that needs your focus now. And if you know for a fact that you can't offer a woman and the only thing you can offer a woman is a bed, Man, fam, then you got to go and get fed by God and better understand who you are in him so that you can be a great service to them, your wife and your children in the future. Great question, fam. Natalie says, Is it true that depending on your self-esteem that those are the type of people you attract. Okay, is it true that depending on your self-esteem, that those are the type of people? Now you're going to attract any kind of people no matter what level, but the, you you begin to attract the higher percentage of people based upon the level that you live. For example, I'm a joyful young. I'm a joyful man. I'm I'm a. <clears throat> I'm a joyful man. I'm a peaceful man. Um, that, that no matter who looks at me or whoever I'm around, there's something around me that makes them look at me differently, right? Then I begin to attract favor. That's why people always give me extra food. People always give me extra access. People give me extra favor. People keep giving me extra stuff because of the extraordinariness that I got from the original designer of me, right? So when your self-esteem is rooted in the divine and then you'll be find yourself connected to the divine, then you'll begin to see in time how things will be attracted to you and then you'll begin to say man i'm attracting more because my esteem is in god right the highest level of frequencies and i told this to my students and this these came from secular sur- sources but it's no coincidence that these things are essential even scripturally there's four the top four levels of vibrations or the top four levels of frequencies are these number one is enlightenment number two is love number three is joy number four is peace. Now, what's the first three uh, fruit Uh, 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 Parts of the fruit of the spirit Love, joy, and peace Now, why is enlightenment number one When you know who God is And you know who you are Without wavering Or no threat or temptation to change Then you're at a certain level of frequency Where you can't be moved So the reason why many of us Are not in the love category Or expressing the fruits of the spirit At at optimum levels Is because we don't really know who we are We don't know whose we are That's why the number one thing For self-esteem is to understand where self-esteem comes from, where you should get your esteem from, and that's God. And when you understand that up here, then the rest will be transformed. The Bible says we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. So you got to begin to say, am I enlightened? Do I know who God is? Do I know who I am? Do I know my purpose? Do I know my person? Do I know my people? Do I know these different things? You have to be enlightened because when you are enlightened about how good God is, it will draw you to repentance. And then when you're drawn to repentance, then you'll begin to feel tangibly God's love for you. And when you begin to feel God's love tangibly, then you'll be content in him. Then you will have joy in him. And then when you have joy, then you'll be at peace. And when you have peace, the rest will flow. And so when you operate in enlightenment, That confidence in God, that Christ confidence, that Christ mind and that confidence in self, because the confidence comes from God, then you will begin to find yourself more loving. Then you find yourself in a place of of more contentment and then you'll find yourself in a better place of peace. And then everything that was meant to be pieced together will be pieced together because you find your peace in the Prince of Peace and you find your joy in God and you know God loves you. And that love of God, that perfect love of God begins to cast all types of fear because now you have no need to fear because those fears now disappear because you know the one that's really here and the one that really loves you. Hope to help. Thank you so much, Lydia. I'm glad you love the channel. I'm glad this channel is a blessing to you. I know it's been a while, man, but I'm, I'm glad to be back on live. I am, Valor says, did Jesus die for past, present, and future sins? My pastor believes our past sins are only atoned and the future sins are conditional. Man, listen, I don't want to go to a party and was promised that everything would be paid for. And then when I get there, I have to pay for dessert. I don't want to go to an event that was promised to me that everything would be paid for. And I get there and I got to pay for for my water. I got to pay for my vegetables. The steak is free, but I got to pay for the size. So you have to understand that 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 you have to read the bible for yourself. I always tell people don't take my word for it. Don't take his or her word for it. I tell people, never get second-handed doctrine. If you live off a of second-handed doctrine, then you won't find yourself in a place of thriving, uh, a place of thriving when it comes to the relationship with God. So you got to study for yourself, fam, because when you study for yourself and you find out for yourself, nobody can get you off that shelf. Nobody can get you off of that place place because you know what the word of God says. So to correct that error, Christ paid for everything. Everything's paid for. Everything's paid for. Those who accept him, the payment is cleared for them. The Bible says he wished above all that all people would be saved. He, his blood was enough to atone for everybody's sin times 10 billion times 10 trillion based upon how many people will be living, right? And so past sins, present sins, are are forgiven now you have to understand what the, the, the flow has to be from from where you are now the future sins are not conditional because we gotta base we gotta base salvation not from man's standpoint but from god's standpoint why would an omniscient god pursue someone he knows will not accept him why would god a god who wouldn't who doesn't waste his words will waste his time pursuing someone the end time will leave him like slime he's not gonna do that but for those who he has foreknown for those he knew for, from the beginning that would accept him genuinely, then all that whole slate is clean. Now, in our relationship with God presently, it is beneficial to ask for forgiveness. It is beneficial um, to, to ask for direction and to, and to repent. It is beneficial for the human soul. Not that God needs it, <clears throat> but it. But, but the level as you grow with God would then determine how 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 much you are close, which would then give you revelation about yourself, whether or not you're really with Him, right? So future sins from him, from God's standpoint are forgiven. But what I mean by the word forgiven, the eternal punishment, the eternal punishment is removed from the person. The present punishment, that's where mercy and grace comes in. That's where favor comes in. That's where repentance comes in. So you may be saved from hell, but you may not be saved from hell here if you still live hellish if that makes sense. Kiara Frank says she needs prayer. Let's pray for our sister. Father, I thank you so much that you hear me. I know that I'm your son. I'm confident in that. You hear me always. And I stand in the gap for my sister. You know her need. And we thank you, Father God, that we don't have to plead. We don't have to beg because we know that you are a dad. You are a father. And I thank you, Father God, that you will give her the peace that she needs to help her go farther, to go farther with you as her father. And whatever her need is, I pray, Father, you'll give her the wisdom that she needs to make the changes to eliminate whatever it is or give her the grace and mercy to be able to get through it, Father. And we thank you for it. And Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Jody Real says, can you explain the Sabbath? Great question, my brother. Are we not supposed to work on the Sabbath? What about those who have jobs where weekends are mandatory? Well, Jesus became our rest. The Bible says man was not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for the man. Now, what does that mean? Back in the Bible days and some people traditionally now are making Sabbath law, meaning that you have to do nothing like like you have to obey this law or you will not. That if you don't do this, then God won't do that. God is not a train. God doesn't hasn't given us a transaction relationship. He wants to give us a transformation relationship. God doesn't want a transaction relationship because that doesn't prove love. That's business. This is family. See, we're family and we're part of the family business, but it's not business between us and God, right? So God is giving us the opportunity to rest. Now, when Christ came in, he now became, because what's the point of not of resting one day Physically, but you're not rested emotionally. Wow, think of Holy Ghost. You're not rested mentally. You're not west rested uh, emotionally, right? So, what's the point of laying down all day, but your mind is still working overload? What's the point of laying down, doing nothing, not working, but your emotions are all over the place? What's the point? So, if if, if You may be able to rest physically, but are you at rest mentally? Are you at rest spiritually? Are you at rest emotionally? That's why Jesus had to become our full rest. Then him becoming our full rest would then teach us how to rest. And then that's why God, the father and God, the son gave us examples. Jesus often went away to pray. Jesus went often by himself, right? The heavenly father who created everything through the triune, the trinity, they, they, created a a system of rest father father god created in six days rest on the seventh he's he's not going to do something and not and, and not show us or lead us right so it's not mandatory but it's beneficial it's not it's not a heaven or hell thing it's not a bless or not be blessed thing it is a rest thing it's about christ being our rest which will then say hey I need to make sure I operate this principle, whether it's Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, pick a day where you can rest, but you are not going to be at rest until you first embrace the savior who saved us from work, that saved us from sweat, that saved us from debt, that as far as emotional debt and mental debt, so that we can be at a place of rest so that we can get, so that we can benefit, so that we can help others. So the real question about the Sabbath is have you fully accepted Christ as your full rest? Because if not, even if you take a day off, even if you don't do nothing, your mind can still be running, your emotions could be all over the place, and you could be spiritually dark as night and not be able to fight. But you took a day off. So pick a day, rest, but it's not mandatory, but it's definitely beneficial. Great questions, y'all. Thank y'all for trusting me with y'all's question. <coughs> Excuse me. Lydia says, Let me see, my wife text me. You know, them honey, them honey-do lists, them honey-do lists can pop up at any time. <laughs> them honey-do lists can pop up. Yep, see, honey-do lists, right? Good. Cool. Why boy my wife give me a long honey-do list? Hey, fellas, let me tell you something. If you ain't ready to do, if you ain't ready to do, then don't say I do. Because <laughs> that honey-do list is, will be in the midst of your life, my friend. <clears throat> Miss Stewart says morning. Hope you're well, coach. I'm well. Thank you so much. I'm trying to maximize my knowledge of the Bible. I study every week in my church. I do a devotional every morning during my quiet time, though I tend to forget scripture. Let's see if you got something else. Um, Miss Stewart, where are you at? Let me make sure uh, I got the second part of your question. Okay. Well, I'll start there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's read again. Morning. Hope you're well, coach. I am well. Thank you so much. I'm trying to maximize my knowledge of the Bible. Now, the first thing I'm going to get right here is you always got to ask yourself why. Why do you want to maximize your knowledge of the Bible? This is for everyone. You ne- The goal of maximizing my knowledge of the Bible so that I can maximize my life in the word so I can maximize my level of living, so I can maximize my level of giving as far as my gifts to God to be optimally used for His glory, right? So the goal is, I always do this because you never know who's listening. Your your goal for reading the Bible should not be to win debates, it should not be um, to give off hate, it should not be of anything on that type of slate, right? It has to be solely about your spirit being fed so that you can be spiritually led so that you won't find yourself spiritually, emotionally, mentally, or physically dead, right? So you say, I. Every week in my church. Now, the goal in life is to take your spiritual diet and and, and and make sure that you do it for yourself. For instance, the best meals are cooked at home. You got to make sure that, that you get into a raw state when it comes to you and reading God's word. It's great to study in a church, but you got to make sure that you know the word for yourself to make sure that your pastor is not giving you something that's contrary to the word of God because people will twist. You got to be able to look at the behind of every sermon and read the ingredients. behind. That's why you have to be knowledgeable because what happened to me and changed the way I eat is that if I see hydrogen in the oils, if I see high fructose corn syrup, if I see any type of corn syrup, if I see any type of chemicals like that and I turn that thing around and I see any of those ingredients, I don't care how tasty it is, I don't care how good It is. I don't care how well it's presented on the package. I put it right back on the shelf. You got to take every man, every woman, every sermon, including mine, turn that thing around and make sure that the ingredients are well. If you're not at that state now, then you are vulnerable. Which means that you got to get into God's word for your own personal development. You got to get into God's word for your own growth. You got to get into God's word to protect your growth, to protect yourself. Because one twist, it don't require a slap twist. It could be one twist of scripture. It will have you way left field. It will have you way right field and not going straight right? So you got to know God's word so much for yourself that you're not to judge the pastor because I've said a lot of things wrong, I'm sure, right? So not to question that man's heart or that woman's heart, we're not saying that, but you want to make sure if this continues, then something wrong with you. I got to mark you as a potential false teacher because you have been consistently preaching things that is not lining up with scripture. here's a benefit. Every time you hear a preacher, whatever verse they give you, Read 10 verses above, 10 verses under to make sure that man or woman is using that word in context, with cultural context in mind, with, with with the writer's context in mind, with all the context in mind and not twisting it to make you view God differently. Because the devil's ultimate objective through false teachers and false preachers is to change and alter your mind just a little about how you see God and how you believe God sees you. What did the devil do every single day? Time with number one, the first time with Eve, did God really say the number one thing the devil is is to is to challenge the character of God in an immature mind? Because if you can challenge the character of God in an immature mind or make that mind believe that God is something different than what he has clearly a scripture proven to be, then you will not be the person you need to be spiritually to be able to be fruitful enough to be beneficial enough, right? And so now devotions. Now we have to learn how to do devotions. Devotion should not be what is sent to my phone. Or oh, I read the verse of the week, right? You have to do a deep dive study. You got to let the word read you. So what I tell people is read a proverb a day and a gospel a month, right? Try to get through the one gospel in a month and read a proverb a day. And when you read the word, don't speed through the word. You read the word, don't speed the word. Because if you speed the word, the word can't feed you because the word is active. It's sharp. It wants to do surgery. It wants to cut. But if you go too fast, then you won't get that unnecessary stuff out your gut. Right, So what you got to do is, is begin to question yourself in comparison to scripture. What does is this in my life? Am I frugal? Am I prudent? Am I lazy? Am I a liar? Am I a cheater? When the word says something, I have to ask myself Josh, are you in alignment with this or out of alignment with this? And then you got to meditate on that. And then you got to manifest that. You got to begin to say, I, not not only uh, um, be mindful of that, not only manifest that, but also manage that. And what I mean by manifest, don't get so caught up in a new age. Manifest means I got to put this in action. Then I also got to manage it through the help of the Holy Ghost. I got to acknowledge my mother. So that's deep dive study. That's how we do, right? The reason why we forget scripture is because we focus on memorization and not mind mindfulness. We got to be mindful of the scripture in everything that we do. The scriptures that I know deep in my heart is because I went through that part of life, and I—that's all I had to hang on, and I lived it. I—I I applied it. The best way to not forget scripture is to apply it. Is to see how it's supposed to get inside, how you can get inside of it to apply it. Hope to help. Y'all can tell I ain't been on here in a while. I'm—I'm—I'm I'm on, I'm on fire today. <laughs> Ready to help people today. <clears throat> okay. Chai M said, let me make sure Kamara uh, got all her... Let me make sure. Kamara, I agree. The Sabbath was made for man. I look forward to it because I don't know that it's in God's presence. That's right. We got to learn how to rest in his presence because his presence is everywhere. The way that we rest in God's presence is through our perspective. If you can't see God everywhere, you can't rest in God everywhere. Man, that's powerful. If you can't see God everywhere, you can't rest in God everywhere. So your perspective has to change. You have to remember that no matter what trying season you're going through, God is there. And he's there to use it to help you get there, right? Let's keep going. Chai M says, how do you feel about Christians using terms like vibes or manifest, etc.? Should we be mindful that these terms are now associated with the new age? Great question. Well, listen. The word was before the movement. Like, like one thing about me is that it, no matter what word is removed, so just because uh the gays took the rainbow don't mean I don't appreciate the rainbow. And they didn't even take the rainbow. They, the rainbow their rainbow's missing a color. Why? Because the rainbow's trademarked. <laughs> the devil, even the devil knows he can't use the rainbow no more. The devil knows I can't use the full rainbow because I'm not the original creator of the rainbow. So I got to take one color off the rainbow because the rainbow is trademarked by God. So what I'm saying is if a word was there before the movement, now I will probably be cautious in, in how I use it. Maybe I won't use it all the time. Right. But like I just use the word manifest. But right after I said manifest, I clearly said, you see what I'm saying? That it's not I'm not using it in a new age sense. Right. So what I'm saying is that there is wisdom in walking away from certain terminologies. If those terminologies are triggering, if those terminologies are, are, and now, if you are if you are an exceptional, effective, efficient teacher that's able to take whatever, because I'm sure Jesus took different terminology that was probably slang back in that day and slung it back at them in a new way and probably took it back to his way, right? So there's wisdom in that. You have to be an effective, efficient teacher and to make sure that you are not a part of that community or affected by that community by using those words outside of his original context. But there is mindfulness. Mindfulness must bear itself out. Out of the holy spirit right the holy spirit should be the one that helps you navigate certain terminologies and then if you feel a check in your spirit to get that thing out of your vocabulary you do so right but don't allow the new age to keep to take away an opportunity to use a word um because i use vibes all the time i use vibration all the time because that's what that's what it is we we everything's on a vibration you see what i'm saying manifest only, only like the manifest sounds I don't even i think that's I think when I use manifest, I think I've used manifest more in this in this video than I've used in the last five years. <laughs> so so frick. so you can tell, I can tell you manifest not a part of my vocabulary, but I used it because of the M's. And I was looking for an M and then the M came manifest, and then that's how I did. But definitely be mindful through the help of the Holy Ghost and what you should do and not do, etc. Uh, Jay Lamb says, "Hey, Coach, what's your view on coveting spiritual gifts? For example, word of knowledge or prophecy. The Bible talks about that. That you should covet spiritual gifts. I think it says covet. You know, you know me. I gotta make sure I serve y'all right. Covet spiritual, huh? spiritual gifts. Okay. Uh, but covet earnestly the best gifts. Okay. Here we go. But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you. That's <laughs> that's King James. <laughs> uh, show, but and yet show I unto you a more excellent way." But earnestly desire. So there we go. Uh, so d- maybe the word covet means desire. Maybe when it was trans, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, translated, it was turned to the word covet. Now desire is probably the better word, not covet, right? Uh, so desire to give. Like why not? The desire for me to for the the real desire for me to desire and to give is to make sure um, that I give God more glory. I don't mind. I don't I desire gifts. I desire God to use me in many ways because I want to be a Swiss Army knife for God. I want to be useful to God, right? So yeah, if you want to say hey, ask God. <clears throat> because hey man, those who show up are those that God show out for. What I mean, but it's like, man, it, it, it'll shove out for those who show up, God shove out for. So, so if you go to him and say, God, I want to be used. He's going to say, all right, if you bug a person long enough to help them and you effective and efficient and helping them, they ain't going to they're not just going to not let you help them. They're going to give you gifts. If you are proven a steward, it's what I'm saying. So I, I take the word bag out of there, but if you're proven, that you got enough in your bag to not cause God any lag, that he'll go in his bag and give you those spiritual gifts. Cause he knows he's going to get a greater return out of it. Eddie Bradley says what are your thoughts about people who nitpick traits that they believe you need for a spouse it comes off as advice or a suggestion but doesn't bring peace hey listen uh uh uh, I, I avoid things that are that are problematic that are pressuring and not peaceful like people can have good intentions but they don't have good uh uh, extensions and what i mean they, they, the way they give the information is that extended well right and if they nitpick then 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 who are you even god don't nitpick <laughs> ain't perfect god has a level of understanding a level of patient level of of understanding to help us navigate the process that doesn't mean god don't look at your tracing and be like yo we need to get rid of that but he understands where you are for instance when i'm teaching bible to my ninth grade class I can't teach from, I just can't teach it from a 36-year-old's perspective. I have to go down to the ninth grade mind and help them come up to where where they need to be at that stage of their life, right? But for me to be like, you need to know all I know at 36, that's unfair to them. I got to give them piece by piece, bite by bite, bit by bit, right? So they can become legit over a period of time. But those who nitpick are people who ain't looking enough in their own lives. The Bible says before you could take the speck out of your brothers, I'll take the beam out of your eye. So what I would do is ignore them or don't go and, and, and be around them, especially affecting your peace. And if it don't bring peace, then don't let them be a, a piece of your life, man. Don't Let them be a part of your life and take a piece out of your life and then affect the peace over your life. Right. So <clears throat> I wouldn't pay that. I wouldn't pay them too much attention, man. Your God got your spouse and God ain't even that caught up in all that uh, pressuring and all that stuff. Hello, part one. Mary says, listen, I got parts, bro. <laughs> your, your fingers was going. She said, I got parts. Okay. Hello. Part one. Any advice for a person who is hurting due to their father not putting any effort into keeping in contact with them? If I don't contact my father first, I would not get a call or nothing. And part two, and I'm hurt because I'm always reaching out first. And he tells me that as a daughter, I'm supposed to. That ain't your father, man. That's just the one that was your sperm donor. That was the one that donated sperm to your mother. And brought you through the door. God's been fathering you from the beginning. Um, so I wouldn't call him no more. He don't deserve that. He don't deserve. Listen, like if you're not, if a parent is not operating in full father mode and full mother mode, let's get, let's get the definition. A mother is one who nurtures. A father is one who instructs. An instructor comes to the kid. Listen, I don't expect the kids to teach me. I'm the instructor. So I reach out to them. I teach to them. I don't expect him to teach me. So it is my responsibility to do my job, to instruct, right? And so if this man, this man, I don't know if he's Haitian, Nigerian, I don't know what country he's from, he could be black American. I don't care who he is, he's not being a father. So you said this any advice for a person who's hurting? See, you the reason why you're hurting now is because you're still hoping that he will be what he never was. And if he ain't doing now what he never did, he'll never do what you want him to do. So you got to go to one who already did, who who's, who's present out to do, so they can you can keep doing right. So if he's not putting any effort, then you listen. When I shake a man's hand, I match his strength. See, I match the strength. If you're not giving me, if if you if for instance, let me reverse that for you if he ain't giving you and you're giving him and you his daughter then 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 he is his mentality is off so don't contact him. now you got to deal with the hurt in the meantime because you, you you listen we end up disappointed by creating false expectations Anytime you create a false expectation, you're setting yourself up to be disappointed. And when you are high with expectations and you fall deep into disappointment, you're going to bust through that floor and fall into the basement of depression. Because now you're expecting someone to do something for you that they're never going to do. And what if he never does? Then you're going to be sitting here living year after, year after year after year after year, hoping that he'll be who he was and who he needed to be. And he'll end up just continuing not to be there. Right? Right? So I would not contact that man because that man, lowercase that F in that father, remove that father out of your question and put sperm donor. Listen, I'm about to be a dad. So this stuff, this stuff is real tangible to me. Like I pray over my daughter, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm about that life and I don't even have her yet. She's not even out here yet. So i take that very seriously, man. I father kids like kids look at me as a father figure and I take this very seriously. And the reason why you're hurting is because you expecting you can't expect from something that continuously to reject because if you keep expecting and they keep rejecting, then you're not going to be projecting. You're not going to be projecting what you need to project as a strong, confident woman, as a woman of God, as a woman of gifts and talents that the people in the world need. So right now, if you got to watch this over and over again at the 38 minute, 39 minute marker, this is my permission to you to never contact him again. Now let the forgiveness begin. Because you have to hit the reality. You have to face the reality that he is not what you hope he will be. And now you have to begin to perspective. Remember when I said earlier, your perspective has to change. And to seeing, in seeing the God who never changes, who's been fathering you, while He was fashioning you in your mother's womb. And when you begin to let that father go, there's not even father. Let that person that was supposed to be that away from you. Then you accept the fatherness of the holy of the of God, and then you'll begin to grow, and you'll begin to grow. And he tells me that as a daughter, I'm, listen, that is wrong. That is backwards. That is backwards. I don't know what country he's from. I don't care. I don't don't know what mentality he's adopted, but that's not true. Don't allow that to indoctrinate you. I wouldn't call him again. If a person doesn't appreciate your presence, then they truly, and they only deserve your absence. If a person doesn't genuinely, truly care about your presence, then they deserve your absence. I don't care if it's Father's Day. Don't call him because he ain't been a father. Hope that. Sean, my boy, what's going on? How can I handle attraction in general? Well, you have to measure attraction by subtraction. If I continue to be attracted to this, what will be subtracted from me? If I continue to be attracted to this, what will be subtracted from me? Because attraction then affects attention and attention can then lead to detention, meaning that I'm confined from the things that I was fashioned and made fine for. Right. So how do you handle attraction? Number one, you got to be honest about the attraction. Why am I honest about it? I mean, why am I attracted to it? You got to be honest about it. What deep inside of me is making me attracted to it? Number two, you got to begin to be aware of the most attractive thing in all of the world, all of existence, that's God. And when God becomes your awe, then things won't overly impress you. So for instance, I don't care how much money a person has. I don't care who they know, what they know, what they have. They ain't God to me. So I've already met the awesome one. So I've met the awesome one. Therefore, I'm always in awe of his awesomeness. Therefore, it keeps me from being overly impressed by these these lackluster, can't even come to muster close to who God is, right? And so now for me, when I'm attracted to something, I've already seen beauty. I've already experienced beauty. Therefore, I know how to manage and navigate with the beautiful things in the world, right? Then you got to learn how to say no. You got to you got to determine why you must say no. Why do why must you say no? You got to determine why you say no, because if you don't know why you should say no, then you won't say no. You have to determine your yes in order to say no. What do you want to see? For instance, I, I the reason why I can say no now is because I want to hear God's yes later. Yes, Josh, you can have that. Yes, Josh, y'all can get that. Yes, Josh, you can move into that. Yes, Josh, you can grow into that. Yes, yes, yes. So in order for me to hear God's yes, because God would never say yes if I'm not my best, because he needs managers. He needs stewards. He needs people who can manage it. So therefore, I'm going to say no so I can hear God's yes. Next, you got to begin to develop disciplines. You got to begin to say, I got to be disciplined in my life. Next, you got to understand who loves your life. And welcome God's love, because when you know God loves you, you won't fall into these different things, even though they're beautiful. And last but not least, you got to enjoy the moment. You got to enjoy where you are. H A N D L E. You got to be honest about why you're attracted. You got to be in awe of God because He's the most attractive thing ever. Then you got to begin learn how to say no. Then you got to become disciplined. Then you got to let the love of God remove all fear that's caused you to fall into different fangs of attractions. And then you just got to enjoy God, man. Hope that help my brother. We'll be talking soon. Uh, Mary Mary, Marie got part three. Part three. I know his schedule. So I know when he is busy and he is not busy. It just hurts because I feel like he doesn't even try to keep in contact with me. And we talked about this. Listen, I have a two pro policy. I'll give you one opportunity. And the second opportunity is, is, is contingent on whether or not I was clear about what I said first time. But after I made myself double clear, then I disappear. Once I make myself double clear, I don't reappear. I disappear because you got ears. You heard me and you heard me, but you didn't hear my heart because you don't even care about my heart. Because a man should never be a man should never be too busy for his kids. My wife's calling be right back. Back. my wife talking about she want a cheese Danish. She she called me. She don't know, she didn't know I was on live. She said, babe, you still at Publix? I said, like, I have been I've been home from Publix. And she was talking about, can you go by Publix again? And give me some cheese Danish. I said, bro, I got you. Spoiled, man. Spoil your wives, man. But yeah, man, listen, man. Shoot. What was I saying about this? There's no good. Anyway, don't contact that man, bro. Sean says, how can I I just uh, one little thing turn into something very, okay, how can just one little thing turn into something very big? Like if you give someone a hug and you say it's just one hug, how does that statement turn into something way bigger? Because people have different perspectives on what both people see. You can have one thing and two people seeing the same thing and have a different outcome, have a different understanding, have a different perspective. That's life, right? So that's why you can never assume that people see what you see. So you got to begin to navigate life understanding that even one little hug to them because if 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 i hug i can hug i can give a side hug to a girl at school and she got a good dad she'll be like that's just Mr. miss me." i can give the same side hug to another young girl and she be like that's my father you see what i'm saying so i have to begin i have to navigate wisely with that because i don't know what voice they have you see what i'm saying that's why i be pounding a lot right but you have to understand that because you don't know what voids they have. You don't know what vision they have. You don't know what volume they have. Number one, you don't know what void they have. If they have a void, your hug can be everything to them. And if your hope becomes everything, them, they're going to make you God to them. Also, you, gotta, you don't understand what their vision is. You don't know what they see that as. Some people got a perverted vision. Some people got a proper vision. Some people got a pure vision, right? But you don't know their vision. You don't know their volume, volume of understanding. You don't know how much they know about what that means, right? So any little thing could be made big if a person has a void, have a poor vision, and have a, 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 a low volume or capacity to understand. Right. And when you begin to understand that, then you will navigate different things and you'll begin to discern deeply through the Holy Spirit who has certain voice, who has a certain vision, who has certain volume. And then you will customize your, you'll customize your approach to them differently. Then you, some people, you may, some people can handle a side hug. Some people can handle a pound. Some people can handle, handle a hello. Some people can only handle silence. And so you have to know what people can handle. And the Holy Spirit will help you with that as you grow because you're a young man. And when you grow, you begin to know, okay, who who can handle what and and who can't handle what and what you can't handle. So now you got to look at yourself and be like, what are my voids? How is my vision? How's my vision of God? How's my vision of myself? How's my vision of my future? What's my volume of capacity? You never want to live beyond your volume because you won't be loud enough or you may be too loud. You see what I'm saying? So you got to begin to audit that even of yourself. So when someone uh, uh, doesn't do something for you, then you won't immediately demonize them. But then you will look at your heart and begin to say, okay, what was I trying to make them to me? What what what, what void would I, was I wanting them to fill? Like I can't be a father figure to everyone. So I, I relieved myself of that pressure because I realized I can't do, I can't be everything to every, people, every young person needs a dad. I can be fatherly. But I can't be a full father for because that means I can't. You know, I got, I got, I can't, I can't fill them shoes. Only God can, and then God can use me as a father figure to help you figure out who the father is, and then begin to be fathered by him. And I can still be that father support. But what I'm saying is, I, uh, we all got to make sure that we're not falling into people's voids because the, if you jump into a person's void that only God can fill, you'll be falling for years. If I jump into someone's void. Ooh. and God hasn't filled it, I'll be falling for years because that hold that deep. Then you got to make sure they got the right vision. How can two walk together as they first degree? And then you also got to say, hey man, what's your volume? Are you loud enough or too loud? Out. Let me go and get my wife this cheese, this cheese Danish. <laughs> Eddie Bresler, what are your thoughts about people who are nip? Oh, we already got that one. Let's see how far we are in the, in the... whoa, okay. <laughs> That's a lot of, a lot more, a lot more than I thought. That's right, my boy. Husband duties, man. It is what it is, my brother. Husband duties. That's right. Oh, oops. boy, these questions coming in. Give me one second. That's right, coach. Amen, Aries. The father swap. This is for me. God gets the glory. Thank y'all for the support. Thank you so much for this. God gets the glory. You're so welcome, Mary. Lenny says, amen. That's so good, coach. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He gets the glory for sure. Uh, let's see. I don't want to skip people's questions. Coach, I skip. Oh, oh, okay. I I got your question. Uh, where am I at? Friendly neighbor K says, "What gospel would you recommend for someone who wants to fast for healing, and how would you recommend fasting for healing from a heartbreak so I can forgive myself and then and them?" Thanks. You're so welcome. What gospel would you recommend for someone who wants to fast for healing? As far as gospel, as far as Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, I will start with the Book of John because that's the love book, the love gospel. Um, and when you understand God's love and and He sent love, sent Himself, uh, sent His Son, I mean, and same thing, then you'll better understand. I think that's the first gospel. If that's what you're saying. And how would you recommend fasting? Feeling what I would do is fasting from heartbreak is is or getting your heart um, built from a heartbreak. It begins with understanding your heart, that your heart is desperately wicked. So deceptive. No one can understand it. When you understand how dark your heart is, then you will find out your desperation for God because your heart is manipulative it's deceitful it will have you going up on another man to get over the last man It will have you getting up on top of a woman to get from other under, under the control of another woman they have you doing crazy things they have you have you drinking smoking sleeping they have you doing all these different things because you didn't know how deep your heart was wicked our hearts like they say the strongest man or the strongest woman are people who know just how deeply evil they are and learn how to manage it. You don't want to be around someone who don't know how deeply evil. You don't want to be around someone who is not aware of just how deeply evil they are. Because if you don't know the depths of your evil, you won't know the depths of your need, your desperate, your desperate, your desperate need for God. If you don't know the depths of your evil, you won't be able to understand your desperate need for God. I know I'm desperately evil. All of us are. And when you understand that, then you will always be clinging to the feet of Jesus. You'll always be on that cross. You will stay on that because you know none of us are good. So yeah, first thing I have to understand the depths of your heart, the depths of your heart. After you know the depths of your heart, now you got to find your part to play in life. Then you got to look at the heartbreak differently. With God, nothing breaks apart; it breaks into place. The things, when you're in the hands of God, nothing breaks into pieces. It breaks into place. <laughs> like All those moments will then begin to build a new you. It will turn that heart of stone and make it a heart of flesh. And so before you fastly try to get out of this thing fast, you got to begin to deal with your past. Why? What set me up for this heartbreak? What set me up? What voice? What was my voice like? What was my vision like? What was my volume like? What was my vanity like? You see what I'm saying what was my vex like like what are, what was those things like because the reason why we do things in the present is because of undealt issues in our past or patterns of our past that should have never last right so what 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 got you to the heartbreak what patterns what habits what state of mind what got you to that place of happening what habits caused that happening that now caused the heartbreak then you got to begin to say holy spirit show me How to breach those different errors so I don't repeat this again and then fall into sin. I think that would help you, my friend. So, can I forgive myself? And then, yeah, yeah, forgive them. Forgiveness is not about you, it's not about them. Forgiveness is about you. Forgiveness is giving you the opportunity to go forward. Forgive, giving me the opportunity to go forward. So, I'm not forgiving them because people think forgiveness, I let them off the hook. No, I'm letting myself off the hook of being tied to this right so forgiveness you will begin once you begin to understand forgiveness and the freedom that comes with it you'll quickly forgive you wouldn't even argue with people you'll keep moving i gotta go y'all i've been going too long yeah crystal gray our hearts are desperately evil you gotta understand if you understand how desperately evil you are you will understand your desperate need for god tweet that facebook that instagram because that's real when you know just how evil you can be Man, you'll you'll stay at the feet of God. Sophia James says, "Wow, this powerful. of the heart is wicked. Who can know it? That's right. You so welcome, my sister. All y'all family. Yep, yeah. love you. I gotta go, man. I gotta serve my wife these uh, cheese danishes. Hey, Yahara, hope you're well. Here if you need me. Oh, okay. Oh, she said, "Never mind. I ain't skip. Okay. Any tip? Okay. gotcha, gotcha. Got you." I agree. Jay Lamb said, I agree the Sabbath was made for man. I look forward to it because I can literally rest in his presence right. Yes, know the word for yourself. Man, see? Mahalo Vince with Hey, Josh, I had a dream where I was casting out demons of someone I knew. Am I called to this area? Probably so. But sometimes God will show you things so far off and then will give you a goal because he knows that you got to be whole. In order to accomplish that goal. Right. But I would not go into meddling and casting out demons without having an uh, understanding of demons and understanding your authority to such a capacity um, where you're able to operate at a full capacity of getting these people uh, set free. So you're probably I was I'm called to it, too. I was seeing I was seeing demons and stuff when I was five, six years old, ran into my mom's bedroom. Talking about I saw this on the wall. My mom, my mom was knowledgeable enough to let me know what it was. And of course, she cast it out. I gotta go, y'all. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Make sure y'all check out. Hey, man, if you joining me right now, you like, man, I want to be a part of a singles community where I can grow. You can join our for singles only community. It's a great place for uh, a singles um, to to maximize it. You can join in our in our boot camp a boot camp, and then we're gonna be doing a book club. We're gonna have three or four boot camps a year. Uh, uh, jump in there right now. Great questions, great discussion, great resource tools that you're not going to get on YouTube. And I think will be a benefit to you Uh online. So membership starts at four nine nine. Join us today. We got a lot of people in there enjoying it, getting worksheets all the time, getting encouragement, getting tools and resources that helped me in my singleness um, to help me in my intermingleness with my wife and keeping her happy and, and keeping God at the center. So membership starts at 479. Join us today for a, a community camp, exclusive lives, all that good stuff. Also check out our uh, some more resources I have. If you're struggling uh, uh, with your feelings, you want to find the facts behind them, this book, Facts Over Feelings, will be a great resource for you. Um, if you're looking for a book to help you journal your life in wholeness to say, so, so you can set yourself up to hold things better, Check out this book, The Holiness Journal. Also check out The Card Game That Goes With. It. It's a fun, interactive way. Um, to, to to talk about wholeness, and to, and to, and to, and it's just fun. It's a great thing. Great book. If you're looking for a great card, <clears throat> if you're looking for a book to help you better understand the purpose of your singleness and how to maximize it, this book, The Purpose Singles, would be a great resource for you. If you're looking for a dating resource to help you date yourself and date God so you can be dateable or to make sure that the person that you're dating you all on the same page, because this book has a ton of questions to either help you end the wrong relationship or extend the right one, great book here, Dating Prep. If you're looking for a book to help you better discern what's in front of you, to make sure that you're only accepting God's best and after the devil's pest this book counterfeit a counterpart will help you will best suit you to understand that and how to navigate that if you're struggling with soul ties and strongholds and you want to better understand the purpose of freedom and how to untie soul ties and uproot strongholds this book right here the purpose of freedom, will be a great resource for you and if you want to better understand the whole armor of God and um uh, how in spiritual warfare this book world war world war me <laughs> will be a great resource for you and if you have young people uh 3rd grade 4th grade and up and he, and they want to better understand who they are in God and their art form this book will be a great resource for them as well. Thank y'all so much for joining me. Hope y'all was blessed by this life. We always get last comments at the bottom. Oh oh, I talk, I'll I'll text you next, Lenina. I got you. I uh, love you all. Y'all be blessed. I'll see y'all soon and peace.